Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Central Youth Podcast. We exist to help students find and follow Jesus. Today you're listening to a message from our weekly Tuesday night gathering. We pray that it encourages your heart, and we hope that you enjoy the message. Well, welcome to Central Youth Tuesday night. My name is Michael. Many of you know me. Uh, But I get the honor of serving as our youth pastor here, and it's an honor to do life with you guys. Man, just so you guys know, the whole reason that we exist as a youth group is to help students find and follow Jesus. So middle schoolers, high schoolers, we are for you. We are here to be your friends, your family. So thank you for joining us. But we've been going through this series of just answering questions based on what you guys have wanted to hear about. And today I'm excited about this one because honestly I'm just learning as I am preparing these messages for you guys to hope encourage you and all the things. And so with anything in life, you guys uh, may know this, but you may not. Uh, We all get in the rhythms of doing things. I'm a person of routine. I love routine. I love setting routines. And when it's not a routine for me, I feel out of whack. And a lot of times I start getting these things that people call habits. You guys know what they are. You have heard about them. Uh, But whether you believe it or not, there are good habits and bad habits in life. And they say even as an infant, a baby, or even in the womb, okay, habits are started. Sucking on the thumb. Some of y'all still sucking on your thumbs. Uh, Just kidding. Hopefully not. Hopefully you grew out of that habit, okay? That is a bad habit. Uh, But a good habit you may have is brushing your teeth, right? Maybe some of y'all don't do that, and that is a bad habit. But we know what habits are, things that we do often, things that we do on and in a good rhythm. Uh, And so habits is what we're talking about today. You guys wanted to know about this. And so what I love about habits is that there's growth in habits in general. And so we're going to take a look on how we can grow. And the first way we do that, we always, and this is what we've talked about the first thing, how are we getting our answers? And it's straight from the Bible itself. And so we're going to look at this verse in Romans 12, too. You guys may have heard of it, but it says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. I love that it says to test and approve what God's will is. And so when we look at that verse, we can notice two things, okay? The first thing we can notice is by transforming and the renewing of our mind, we can exchange the old for new. We don't have to be stuck in our old, nasty, cruddy habits, which in a biblical sense you could think of, man, we ain't reading our word. We ain't in community. We ain't talking to God, right? We can exchange those old habits for new ones. And I love that we could do this by testing God in this area, right? To test and approve what God's will is. And so it allows us to discern. So exchange the old for new, first thing. Second thing, test and discern. So we get to decide what is a good habit for us based off of that. And so uh, we can learn that by simply checking the word and going after that. Uh, But here's the thing, right? 
they have so many stats about young people. They say a lot of you guys will not be believers when you get into college. Bummer. That is not a good truth, right? But we can renew that. We can challenge that status quo by chasing after God. And the real truth is that God is the only hope for preserving our faith. The Bible says that over and over. It's a good reminder for us, for ourselves. In Jude 21, it says, Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of your Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. And so really, what you need to do in order to regain that mercy, to get there for that final destination, is keep yourself in God's love. Uh, we all are searching for love. We all love to be loved. And one of the ways we can finally make it, right, finally have eternal life is by resting in God's love. And so we are going to look at that reality. And so here's what I want to say to you guys. We're going to look at what habits do for us, okay? Good habits, great habits. And so the first thing I want to say is habits free our focus. They free our focus. What does that mean? When you think of habits in itself, a lot of times when we create good habits, and these are the habits that I'm talking about, they're habits of prayer, reading, and community. Now here's a fun fact for you guys. The word habit is only mentioned one time in scripture. One time it says right here, let us consider how to stir up one another to love a good works, not neglecting to meet together, as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And so in the one time that it talks about it, it's kind of a negative connotation, right? As in the habit of some who neglect gathering together. Well, when you think of that reality, you can see the Acts church in the midst of this as the answer of not gathering. So the opposite of that is gathering. What do we know about the Acts church? We talked about this a week ago. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, prayer, fasting, meals together, all those things. You can go look it back at it. But the Acts Church did this. They prayed together. They read the word. And they lived a life of community. Isn't it funny that the, all the things that we've been talking about recently are revolved around community? And so habits, when we have good habits of prayer, when we have good habits of reading, and we are in constant community, those habits free our focus. It becomes less about us. It becomes more about what God has intended for us what God is doing for us. This is what the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 3. It says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory and being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And so we get to be transformed by his image, by his glory. And it only comes from him. It only comes from his Spirit. It doesn't come from anything else other than seeking his face, seeking who he is, seeking his, his, the possibility that he has for us. And a lot of times we get that through communion. We get that through community. We get that through church. We get that through family. You're more prone to read. You're more prone to, to pray. You're more prone to community. They say that when you surround yourself by things, you then start becoming those things. They say it in a different way, much cooler, much better, but that is the substance of what that is. And so habits, what they do, 
when we have good habits is they free our focus. We don't focus on ourselves. We focus on Jesus. The second thing they kind of do for us is that habits protect what's most important. Now, I want you to think of this reality. Because what I would dare to say is that in desperate moments, the habits that we've started now will draw us back to God. I want to let you guys into a little bit of my life. You guys have heard this before. But it's just so important to me because habits protect what's important. And so when my grandfather passed away, when my good friend passed away, I was reminded of people who I was doing life with, people who I do community with, people I was reading the word with, people who had joy, people who had love, the things that I was searching for in my moment of desperation. I was drawn back to God because I set good habits at an early stage. I didn't want other things. Now, my brother, on the other hand, he had different habits. He went to things that weren't healthy for him. And so he had struggles in different areas. And so when we come to a place that draws us closer to God, when things get hard, we're more prone to understand his will, to be found in joy, to be found in peace in the midst of it. I want you to think of the life of Jesus. Now, he knew that he was going to a cross. So it's like the night before, he's sitting in a garden, and he's praying out loud, and he says, God, if this cup can pass, let it. But a very important thing that he said is, if not, let your will be done. In a moment of knowing his, his, his craziest moment of life is coming, he drew himself back to the presence of God, back to the Father's will. It protected him to do the right thing. Imagine if he chose his own thing in that moment. None of us would be free. None of us would experience salvation. None of us would have experienced that joy. And he set himself up 30 years of lifestyle devoting himself to the Father, to purity, to joy. And those habits protected what was most important. And he thought of you, he thought of me. And the crazy thing about that is, is habits are not a one-size-fits-all kind of thing, right? It's unique to each of us. We all have our own things that we have to work on. When you think of the life of David and Goliath, David was a man who was picked and choose, right? He knew what he was about to do. He's going to fight this giant. And I love this, this story because in the story, in the midst of it, what happens uh, in 1 Samuel, it says this. It says, then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. So Saul gave him his stuff that he was supposed to go to battle in. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. So this was Saul. He was putting his stuff on David to go into battle. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around in them because he was not used to them. So he's like, okay, well, I guess I'll give this a go. Uh, And then he goes, and it says this. He says, I cannot go in these. He said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in a pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistines. And what happens, you guys know the story. He defeats Goliath with habits that he created that would prepare him for battle. Now, if he would have went in with things that Saul gave him, he might have had been able to step in, but he would have been uncomfortable uh, because he, it wasn't just like, oh, you know, 
John Luke's not just saying, hey, man, maybe you should just pray all the time. Like it's been working for me in my season. But maybe prayer is not the answer. Maybe your habit right now is you need to read a little bit more. Or maybe your, your habit is that you need to encourage people a little bit more. And that's what God's speaking into. And so uh, in a bit, we're going to pray and ask God what those habits are that we need an upgrade in. But here's what I'll say. That regardless uh, of where we're at, habits in its own nature, yes, protect what's most important to us. But habits are driven by desire. And so you're only going to create new good habits as if you want to. If you desire to know God. If you desire to be better. If you desire to grow. If you desire to be a man after God's heart or a woman after God's heart. If you truly desire it, you will do it, right? How many of you guys, when you talk about games, you get stoked because it's something you desire? Or sports or music, whatever it is, your thing, when you desire it, you get excited about it. And you're willing to do more. Here is what is true, right? The Bible says this. It says, you suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw them away. Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to preserve so that you, that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what has promised to you. I love this kind of reality and thinking as that creating good habits isn't a result of duty. It's not a result of achievements or check marking that we spent time with God or that we prayed or that we came to youth group. Creating good habits is for the ultimate reward. You see, we don't develop habits of prayer, reading, or community because of just duty. But we do it because we know the ultimate reward is something, right? And so what is the ultimate goal of creating good habits? The ultimate goal is Jesus. And I love when you go back to that mindset, you really truly understand that habits being formed at an early stage are vital to your walk with God. Because the Bible says, what is more? I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. At the end of the day, you get rid of all the junk in your life. You renew your mind. You chase after him. You chase after upgrades. You chase after the word. You chase after prayer. You chase after fellowship and community because the ultimate goal is knowing more of him. The ultimate goal is seeing him face to face. The ultimate goal is finding his heart for your school, for your family, for your friends, for people who would never know him unless you upgraded. And so habits in their own nature aren't necessarily just a matter of duty. It's a matter of joy. It's a matter of the ultimate goal being to know Jesus. And so this is what we're going to do. I'm going to ask God right now, to reveal in your heart things that he wants you to get rid of and things he wants you to adopt in this new life of creating good habits. Let's pray. Thanks again for tuning in to today's episode. To get more information about Central Youth, head over to centralsj.org. 
click the connect button and check out the youth page.